Hello, Stacey, you beautiful soul. Hello, Jess. <laughs> this is going to be a double podcast, so you're going to come on mine and I'm going to go on yours in this same audio. Yes, it's a double trouble. And tell me where you are right now in your life and what, what that means to you. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this show. <laughs> I really have. <laughs> oh, can I swear? Yep. Yeah, well, it's well, also my show, so yes. <laughs> I can answer my own questions. Where am I at right now? Okay. I'm in Melbourne, which for me brings up many things because it's my hometown and I've lived away for a long time, but I very much equate Melbourne to being a bit of a, I wouldn't say it's an anchor, but it's definitely my Achilles heel a bit on Mm -hmm. so many ways in that it offers me this joy that nothing like nothing else does but then I also get a bit not naughty but I play here <laughs> in a way that I've understood is one part of playing so I come home so I'm a little bit hungover and I don't really drink that much anymore um, but it was fun yeah and and I'm probably judging myself a little bit for not meditating hmm. And I'm really happy. Good. I feel um, bright and I feel like I've gone through, I'm still really looking at 2018. I'm still kind of sitting in a, not reflection, but I, I feel like I'm really in a place every day. Over the past probably couple of weeks, every day I've felt like I've flourished from that year. Wow. Yeah. So, so you, you, what's the most relevant like mechanism that's going on in your mind at the moment in terms of um, what, you know, I guess on your own growth or your own development, like what's the thing that's challenging you the most right now? Challenging? Yeah. Um, I don't feel overly challenged at the moment, which I think is a big achievement for me because I'm a fixer. I grew up being, knowing that my role was to fix and I really adjusted or kind of started to correct that a little bit last year. And so now usually if I get to a place of not even space, but kind of unity or some form of full circle or even starting to understand why I might have gone through something really early stages though, Mm. I would start looking for the next thing to work on. And I don't quite have that today. Mm. Uh, in this morning. <laughs> we'll see what, how I am at five o'clock this afternoon. But I've got a lot going on. And so it's quite interesting to think that I don't feel overly challenged. I feel very, um, yeah, I feel very, my hands are up. Mm. I feel like I've worked very, very hard over the past year of surrendering. It's been my big buzzword. Right. And I... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm hanging on to today. I don't, not a lot. And tell me what the, like some specific examples of what surrendering means to you. Well, I think the big thing that I'm, I've realized over the past 12 months is there's a few words that we all have felt like we're quite entitled to have or we're quite, that are just going to present themselves to us just because we're human. And I think surrender is one of them. Vulnerability is another. These types of words where you think they just come out of you as a part of your personality. But like vulnerability, surrender is a real action. And I didn't quite understand the concept of that. So I, um, I've really worked through a step-by-step process. I've got five um, key kind of ideas of how to surrender in my toilet so I look at them and I, I choose <laughs> so one not, every day. Not, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So it could be um, if you're feeling the weight on your shoulders, surrender more. So you think you've surrendered. So say, you're, say for example, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting back for an email um, on whether I'm going to get this column. And I'm in, sitting on the toilet and I'm looking at this sign and it says, are you still stressing about it? And I'm like, well, I've already surrendered. And then it's a reminder, well, you have, you've got to surrender more. Not that you haven't surrendered, but there's more to surrender. There's more to surrender. So the biggest thing about surrender that I've learned is it is a a real layered, layered, layered Mm. action Mm. and a real investment, but mostly a commitment. And I've found that to be incredibly freeing Mm. um, and incredibly difficult. 
Mm. But wow. if you can, if you can, it's it's probably one of the most powerful things I've done for myself. Isn't it amazing what happens when you surrender, isn't it? It seems so the opposite to what we think we should do with a thing. Like we think we should chase, grab, grip or manifest that way. But to actually let go, you feel so much better inside yourself and it allows kind of the, I suppose, the ecosystem of consciousness to work through you and work with you more flowy seamlessly i guess that, that's the and kind of a, esoteric explanation yeah and there's a reason we don't trust what we can't see you know there's i understand the cycle the psychology around what's this energy thing you speak of or what's this thing that's meant to flow through us i can't see it i can't grab it i can't buy it and so i get that but you don't know a lot so you might as well throw the dice like none of us really know shit and so it's not really that much of a risk when you think about it by mm. believing in something you can't buy or see. Um, so it is interesting when you say that manifestation because I think when I started doing a lot of self-work I was much, much younger, kind of like 16, 17. I was candid, Louise, hey, you can heal your life. It's 17. And so I started to get an idea of the fact that I could work with the universe to create my path, my life. And I didn't really like the one I was on. And I, and I didn't judge where I came from, but I knew I, I wanted to not necessarily repeat um, what, I, what I inherited. And, but I couldn't see anything in front of me. I didn't have examples. So I really, I really clung to that book. But what happened in that process, probably through my 20s that I didn't quite understand was I was very controlling on my manifestation. So I did manifest a lot of things, but I was quite strategic about it. And I would find myself thinking I was top shit. Like, look, I'm magic. I used to say, and I still say it to my girlfriends, like, but I'm magic. And we're all magic. <laughs> but I just believe that I am. And I believe that everybody is. Mm. But really the power lies with when you believe it in yourself. Mm. You can't activate your magic until you believe your magic. So I can tell my friends they're magic, but they've got the on button. But I, I press mine on. So, but I was really kind of, and I would joke about that in my 20s. But then when I realized over the past few years how magic I could be when I started to properly surrender and not even control those manifestation things, because I think that manifestation conversation has been very much built that we can control our path, mm. but there's still so much control in that. Mm. And mm. I wasn't aware of that. Um, so that was kind of my first step into having that idea around energy and how we can start to, um, I don't know, work as a team with the world. Yes. But then I, I realized there was a whole new, um, new level, like in Mario, you know, Mario Brothers, like I reached this extra le new level where it was like, if I surrender and don't, you know, don't necessarily even strategize how I get there. I used to think it was just surrendering the outcome. Now I've surrendered even getting there and I've surrendered the idea that I might not even land with what I'm trying to manifest. It just mm. will take me where it's supposed to take yeah. me. And that's what's beautiful about life is when it does because you, the best things I've found in life are the gifts. Like, so the, the experiences that you get that you don't control. The surprises. The surprises. Yeah. And th that's the joyous part of that feels miraculous and miracle-like in life is when, and that they are, you can create more of them by softening your grip of what you mm. want with an outcome. So I love that the way you describe like non-attachment to outcome. Like mm. you can have a preference, but it's, I've discovered it's more about the actual intention. Like totally. it's, it's, so I intend to make people experience moments of joys, joy, <laughs> joys, <laughs> joys, <laughs> through, through, joys, through funny videos. Like, so th that's my intention, how I do that, who I do it with. That's the kind of form, timing, that that's all up, not up to me so much. Mm. Like I can I can still put it out there, ideas of what I want to do and who I want to work with, but it's really like and and I suppose the more you get signs back or collaborations back with people that you really want to work with, but you didn't expect to be possible or whoever, whatever else. Or the people that aren't even that big in the or not big, but you know those kinds of bigger goals, and then there's the smaller connections that you've had of smaller by 
audience reach or not famous or these kinds mm-hmm. of things that are the impact that like the impact that those have that you don't necessarily exactly bank on too exactly and it's more about the essence of the people that you work with than anything else rather mm. than the reach and the potency of which the minds that you penetrate mm. like the, the, but i think I, what i love about that is that it's it's kind of you're enjoying the ride of yourself mm. rather than gripping like really controlling it which just breeds anxiety and all these kind of not so pleasant emotions hey oh and i have lived a life with anxiety daily Mm. um so the difference it's made on that part of my life has been incredible but there's a lot of shedding for you to get to live a life like this you do need to shed a lot and you do need to um yeah you've there's a few levels I think there's a lot you know you've kind of got to work up to it when did you Mm. first think about the concept of manifestation because I was just thinking when I was handed that book and started to have that idea that there was a collaboration on offer with the way we live our life (laughs) I really started you know started to think and look at things differently what book was that uh, the Louise Hay book, right, yeah. But did you have a moment or was it something that you read or watched or? Um, I think it was a conviction from when I was about 16 and I was working jobs I didn't enjoy and my dad said, that's just life, you work so you can have a life outside. And I was just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I think it was from that moment, I just held on to that idea quite strongly that I want to enjoy what I do in my days and I want what I do to have meaning and to have... Just, I just want to have fun, basically. Look where that comes from. Like, where if it's innate in you, in your, in your it DNA. It felt like it was innate in me. Yeah. It, it was also a bit of a reaction reaction to the world when I looked around and seen people in cubicles and I'm thinking, that looks And to fucked. your dad. Yeah. 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 Because he's the one saying it. You love him and, you know, mm. you're like, whoa. It just felt not right. And I think it's that not rightness that all kids have intuitively when they look at the world and go, why aren't we just dancing in trees and like mm. playing on the beach? It's, it's this kind of, what's wrong with the world? And I think there's this kind of indigo generation that's coming up now, the teenage mm. kids that are woke mm-hmm. per se mm-hmm. and, and really just see the world more truly as it is and what we need to do. And they're taking that responsibility to shift it, but um, which gives you huge hope. And it makes you look at the older generations and go, uh, I don't like I'm not even going to try to change their minds die off now <laughs> yeah die off already <laughs> there's the new evolution of the species and but let them come up some quick some of them are aware of it I reckon my dad is like he said the most darkest thing to me yesterday he was like he's just he he really struggled after the was it the GFC you know he, right. like he and he really just did odd jobs here and there and did this incredible post about discrimination around the uh, like his age he's 66 he couldn't get a job and he still wants to work Mm. so god love him he's now doing and he was a businessman sales travel the he's doing the traffic he's a sign oh yeah holding the lollipop lady (laughs) (laughs) and it's like crazy hours he's 66 and he goes to me you know what like you guys have got lots of things coming through there's stuff we can't do so if i die on the job you'll get a lot of money and i'm like dad what do you mean he was like i'm going anyway what more do we what can we do there's a lot of change it's got to come and i was like what the fuck this is yesterday sitting in south bank and i'm like dad he's just laughing he's just laughing and i was like i think he's just aware (laughs) i think he's aware and he's got no interest in changing it either beautiful it's pretty it is pretty impressive. See, that's a different, that's beautiful, that's a real, like, that's a gorgeous <laughs> thing. That's wisdom, you know, like, and I think older generations can offer wisdom, providing they've grown. <laughs> they also need to be, I guess, accountable for what they can and can't offer at that point too. Right, you right. know, like, I'm not saying that people that are of age can't offer anything, but he knows what his offering is, mm, you know, mm. and he knows, and I don't think he is at a point where he gives a shit if that's, good enough for someone or not oh, it's, but uh, and that's the point we should be at like i yeah. feel like it's just doing things that what i'm realizing is doing things to other people i i think i can look so introspectively sometimes that i just create problems out of thin air yeah and i don't end up 
I've realized that the greatest joy I can have is when I'm in service to other people or mm. being there with other people mm. as I am in the moment. And that's what I want to make my work about. And I think it always has been about that, like in, in the sense of I wanted to make people smile. That's mm. what my earliest memory of what, doing what I do. And, and it, I didn't ever think I'd work in like comedy, mm. but I just producing videos that make people smile makes me so happy because I know that I'm impacting someone like someone's state of consciousness in a in a joyful way. Like, in and for those of you that are listening on my show, Jazz worked with Hamish Nandy for a really long time. So do. the yeah. Re- yeah, right. So the reach that you guys have had too is just when you think about that, and there's obviously all the the elements and the accolades and the success, but but just to break all of that away and think about the amount of people you've made smile. Mm. Like, cause that's what really is what ticks you, like makes mm. you tick. Mm. Fuck man. I know. To just get like, I just got to, cause I know what you do. I've been, I'm in the industry, you know, but if you break all that crap away, the Hamish Nandy big na- no name, all of that, leave all that on the side. And then you think about all the people who have smiled because you put that together. Mm. It's crazy. It's so, it makes me so happy. Because <laughs> even I feel like I'm facilitating their comedy. Like I'm just a mechanic in the operation. But you can, in the way you cut a narrative, you can, you can, you can pull out the essence of it and refine it in a way that um, magnifies it or makes it, you know, more powerful. I guess. But it's so easy when you're working with something like Hamish Shani. But collectively, like I, th- I did, a, I did a c- count stat on my videos the other day. And over working with like Tesla, Russell Brand, Hamish and Andy, oh, yeah, and Russell a, few Brand, o- I a few other ones, and my own ones as well, because a bunch of mine have gone viral as well. Mm-hmm. But the, it's accumulated to 1.5 billion views, so I've felt very happy at that. And there, and most of them will have, if not all, some form of smile. You know, that's your style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they all, in t- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, fun is more. It's more fun than funny. Yeah. So we've. Any video, it's just like the litmus test is: Does this feel fun, or did it make me giggle? That's really it. Yeah. And then, and then underneath that, what I'm trying to do more and more of is is embed seeds of enlightened thinking or expanded thoughts that make people think a little bit outside the box. And it's kind of that enlightened comedy. So you soften the anatomy with a moment of joy, and then you penetrate deeper into their soul with an insight that will help them. Um, rather than given that given that insight, which a lot of spiritual teachings do in a dry state, which everyone has walls up around, so I find that it's a really potent two punch combo to soften and then deliver an insight because people are more likely to listen to something that will help them in a more objective way if their if their walls are down. Well, Tracy Spicer said that when we when I when I was thinking about really launching and concentrating on the thinker girls, I said, Mm. I want to have people in my generation proud to be a feminist, not, Mm. not, not want to be that, you know, there was a real, probably about five or six years ago, it was even, you know, it was just shitty, particularly chicks my age or a bit younger. And she was just like, make it funny, make it funny. (laughs) So I did. (laughs) Um, And it showed, man, I had so many girlfriends that would come up to me or be, tell me about thinker girls and they, they just loved the fact that you're th- your intelligent woman being proud and funny. Like proud is in the sense of proud of, of your feminine, your divine feminine capabilities mm, of, mm. of what only females have. And celebrating them, but in a fun way and, and thinking about things in an intelligent way. So it's not just this um, whitewash of bollocks that is, is in entertainment. And I think particularly for women, we're so that we've got so many facets and I think we've been so boxed. You feel like you need to come out as a, a comedian on ABC that wears a cardigan or you need to be the weather girl or you need to be the scientist, mm. you know, <laughs> whereas I feel I'm a lot of different things and I think mm. a lot of women find themselves that, that there are a lot of different things. And so I think we access that on the show a lot too. And it was hard because in a commercial environment, we were still, people still trying to box you, box you, box you. And we'd be in sales meetings and going, no, but we, and it just wouldn't gel, you know, it was, it was a difficult process. I think like we were saying before we started recording, we're just a little bit ahead of that time. I think it's a very different conversation now, which is great. But I really, back to that, 
I guess, idea of some quite complex, or maybe not complex, but quite big conversations about who we are, what makes us tick, what's important, like the real important stuff and finding a a lighter, approachable way to talk about it. Mm. That style that you're doing your work and something that I really resonate with because I, I do think that some of the conversations that we're both having on our shows can be a little elitist now. Like there's almost this idea that spirituality and self-care and um, self-awareness is this sure we had like a year or two of wokeness and now it's become we're just it can go really far the other way Mm. where it's not really approachable for a lot of people and so I totally match that I guess desire to open that up for people oh you speak to my heart (laughs) (laughs) do you know as well when you speak about the stuff that you're truly passionate about your accent becomes thicker uh, does it? Yeah, it's funny. Maybe it's because it's my childhood self. Well, it's your true self. Yeah, right. You're, you're talking from the source right. or, it, or it's talking through you. I'm not sure about that. Maybe it's a bit of both. My teenage years, I guess, or something. Or your divine is like, that, I don't know. And it's coming out so a truly. Divine is, is a, co- a cockney geezer. <laughs> <laughs> He's in that, with a long beard. Oliver like Twist. A, a wizard or a wizard. <laughs> He's a wizard. <laughs> no, I like him just being a chimney sweeper. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, but flipping spirituality on its head, that's what I feel is so relevant, in me at least, but mm. like as well as you, mm-hmm. clearly. But making it punk and dangerous and fun and radical because that's all the things that it is. And this, a lot of spiritual teachings are very serious and woo-woo and, and very overpriced. That's my exact conviction mm. of Discount Meditation Club that I started. Yeah, is, is I'm basically I'll put teaching. that in my show notes too because so many people are looking to find ways to start. And mm. I just, the only thing I can send them to is, uh, what do you, my husband's here, he calls the Deepak and Oprah <laughs> combo. What do you call the combo? <laughs> OPAC, yeah. (laughs) I send them a lot to OPAC, which is the Deepak and Oprah free meditation a a handful times of a year. But if people are starting, I say, wait for that. It's free and it's really easy. But you're right. There's not many places I've had to send people for free or cheap Cheap, ways to learn. I've been teaching for free for about three years and this is the first one. I'm basically teaching what... Transcendental meditation charge one and a half thousand dollars for. Um, it's ninety five percent the same. I've never done technique. it. I yeah. just refu- it's no, I don't refuse. I just I was never called. Like right. I always just taught myself, and I yeah. went to different courses, picked up different things, checked in with myself of what I needed. It could be music. It could be um, saying some you know some mantras I learn at the end of a yoga class. And one particular chick's got the organ out and she's singing, and I took the words home. Do you know what I mean? Like right. I've always just taught myself. DIY. But there's a reason for that. Is something that doesn't really click with that kind of price mm. for me. Mm. I just. Yeah, I thought I might get there, but now that you're saying it, I feel like it, I didn't need to. Like, there's this new conversation like you're having, which is why? Why is it that well, think, much I money? Mean, you get, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, it's a $2 billion industry, Transcendental Meditation. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi started it. He's basically teaching a technique that was taught like 5,000 years ago. It's just a very simple mantra-based technique. And that it's a hyper-powerful but hyper-simple technique and you know that tm sued after maharishi passed tm sued tom knowles for starting vedic meditation which is basically the same as tm Mm -hmm. and and they lost but they spent millions of dollars trying to sue someone for spreading more meditation which was the general consensus of tm when it started which is to create world peace and get everyone meditating or as many people meditating as possible can you imagine if people started suing each other for the rights to the law of attraction or you know what i mean like or the universe you know to surrendering like we're talking about surrendering we get sued by the captain of surrendering like which is frightening dude that's no and that's why you know even when I've i've done started to do a bit of coaching and i'm like this isn't my stuff this is everyone's stuff. Exactly. I'm just showing you what I've done, but it's not my mm. teachings for you. Mm. I'm showing you how I am sharing, mm. how I have done it for me. And that's super important with teaching is only speak from your own experience mm-hmm. because what generally happens as you learn from gurus or teachers is that you, you they only release truth that bubbles up from within you. So, therefore, it's your truth. Like the greatest teacher, I've Tom Knowles is actually a great in that sense. He, he, he said... 
if anything rings true in you that I say, it's your truth, not mine. And, um, and I like the ownership of that because it's, he's, he's, which I think is truth. He's saying, I'm not the author of this knowledge. I'm just a conduit for the consciousness to flow through me. I've cleared my channel of fuckload and that's why I can have such dope wisdom flowing through me. But he advises like, for example, Hollywood heads has no clue about Hollywood whatsoever, but then just has downloads of what they should do to resolve problems between making two films that they can't make at the same time, for example. And like two weeks later, they come back to him saying that thing worked. And it's, it's just his state of consciousness is so expanded that he can, he's able to, and that's what that thing that you said before, it's just a continuum, this a path of expansion. Like, and, and, and even that in itself, I'm feeling a bit off at the moment because it's like all it really is is now. Like I've no, I know some friends that don't have any spiritual knowledge but they are most, the most spiritual beings I know because they're just so in the fucking moment. I've got one of them, yeah. They're brilliant. Mm. They're brilliant. And it made me... It was it, funny. We were at a table last night. Sorry to interrupt. And this particular yeah. friend's never seen a therapist and all of us had seen the same therapist. It was hilarious. So we were talking about our joint therapist <laughs> and this one friend that is very similar has never seen a therapist, but she just packs this inner angel. She's just got this wisdom. It's just... insane and I'm so lucky to have found some form of strength in that because being compare comparing yourself to someone like that since you know maybe since they're 12 Mm. and I've gone through just drag my resistance and chaos and storms (laughs) and sex and drugs and all the and she's like and and I could, you know, I could have really resisted that having her in my life, but I just constantly looked at her like she was from heaven. <laughs> and it was so lovely in a time where I often didn't. And we've obviously she would say that I've given her lots too. It's an exchange. But mm. those people are like, oh my God, fascinating. They've already arrived. Like, if How? there isn't a right destination. How? I don't know. It's interesting. It's, they're lucky as fuck. Yeah. Because we do have to do work to get there. But also, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm finding it's like letting go of the work right mm. now. That's what I'm finding is just like writing in my gratitude journal every morning. Just I'm fucking grateful to be breathing air, to exist, and to have moments in my health. And that's really... Sometimes I chuck in the pen. Sometimes I'm, <laughs> I'm like, grateful I'm grateful for this pen that I'm writing in because I'm like, I don't know today. And I just have to find it. Do you know in um, in OPAC, the, I was doing it last week, one of the gratitude ones. It's actually a really nice month Like they're doing. It's all about gratitude. Mm. And and they were saying, I think, I don't know if it was, well, now they've become one person. But so OPAC was saying, I don't know which one, that when you do your gratitude journal or if you are a journaler, or, you know, whichever way you practice gratitude, that it's really important to say I'm grateful for this, that camera stand, because it's helping you, whatever. (laughs) You've got to imagine the camera stand going, I received that, like kind of, thanks. So it's an exchange. Ah. And I started doing that. So like, okay, grateful for the fact that, you know, we live right near the water thing. But I actually got so specific. I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for that body of water. And then imagine the water being like, no worries, Stace. (laughs) And it did something. (laughs) It like expanded it. Wow. It was like, it was so cool. I was like, it sounds like the beginnings of going nutty. <laughs> this is how my brain works. But it's like a little girl like playing all the time. Like, and yeah. I'm like, because I just really work on, if, I, if something feels good, then I don't really care how it sounds. Mm. You know, so it does sound, mm-hmm. and I don't really, I've become. No, I'm in full support of what you're doing. Yeah, I know. But I've become more confident with saying these stories because I've been living like this for a long time and been living privately like this for a long time. Right. So everyone's always got a bit of an idea that I've been a bit of a self-help person, mm. but no one had any idea just how spiritual I was. <laughs> it was like a secret, but I didn't mean for it to be secret. It was just my own world. I've always had that. I wonder why, did, did it make it more precious or potent in your activities of it when you don't share it? Because I think there's... Yeah, maybe? especially because I shared so much. Right. You know, once I started to do the podcast, the Thinker Girls podcast and then the radio show and those types of things and I was sharing, you know, like 
my what I was using a diva cup instead of a tampon or what's my sex life was or um, what I thought about what who I was voting for like all these kinds of things that people don't share so I suppose to some degree even when I started to talk a little bit about spirituality I never really took it into that radio station it was funny Mm. I'll talk and now I've got it in a and now I talk about it so much but it's on my own show by myself Mm. so it's interesting Mm. that I, and I still don't really go step by step by everything that I do. I, I share what I feel like I've called to at that time, but I guess it's still a bit of a mystery to everyone. It's still a mystery to me. And that's the essence of it, I think. It's kind of the fun. You know, sometimes I even try and explain to my husband how, how the things are working in my head. And I, and I have maybe the last few years just started to put names to, to guides or or voices I hear and that's been quite scary to say out loud because I've been hearing them for a long time mm. and I'm like I don't want to be a psychic I know that's mm. not but because I can get to myself to such a I guess it was what you were talking about before of that um that real clear streamline I look at you kind of used your hands to go expanded outways but I really for me in my picture it's very much a line straight up and through me mm. to the ground like a tree but then goes up energy all the way to forever and ever away awesome. and i well and so the clearer that is or the timing depends i don't really choose it mm. i'll get a message and now i've just started to say what's your name mm. and then once at one time it was ben's dad who's passed mm. and i i said can you tell me something and he said he just said another name and I, I get nervous even saying this story. Um, and I said to Ben, and I didn't say anything about this exchange, but I said, who is this person, this other man's name in your dad's life? And Ben just looked and it was like, and we've only been together for a couple of years. I didn't you know his daddy passed. And he said, it's my dad's best mate. And I was like, okay, oh. okay. That's crazy. This is happen- this is okay. Yeah. But also I believed but that recognition's different. Mm. 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 And 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 I mean part of me is like always amazed at the beauty of that, but a part of me is also like of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. of course we have access to all this knowledge that's just in the in the ether or in consciousness itself. Like we it's it there's it's like a whole field of in the cosmos that's interconnected somehow. It seems because there's so many stories again and again, like what you're saying, which are, are, are materializations of sort of consciousness or unmanifested consciousness coming into which, your channel. Which we are all capable of accessing. Mm. That's the, the really important part for me in my direction and the things I want to talk about moving forward is that everyone is is capable and not that you necessarily want to speak to your husband's dead dad (laughs) it's not like a it's not an aim for Mm. me but Mm. it 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 just shows you that there's magic that maybe you listening are still not 100% sure of what your Mm. access Mm. is you have just as much action access as me and Jez and Mm. you know Mm. everyone it's just it's you know, it's a practice. It's the I it's a clearing. It. it is. So, uh, two things. Like, one, first thing is like it really just screams to me the core point that we do control our control in this miraculous world is that our attitude toward it, obviously, and how we navigate. But then, so much that we don't have control over. So, I'd, I'd be really interested to know what you feel like are your key principles daily that you that you. Like for me right now, it's being calm and grounded and, and not stimulating or overstressing myself, my anatomy in any way. Um, and that's really important for me. But what's like, and it's always changing, I suppose, mm. as well. But mm. what's your key principles that you do? Um, like at the moment, mm. it's my focus. I, I generally have it written on the blackboard. I've got a little blackboard at the front door and that will change depending on and I've always been like this, I'll have a word or a phrase, something that has come through me through an angel card or a quote that stuck with me and I'll be like, okay, it'll connect. It all kind of just connects and I'll be not necessarily staring at it and working on it and 
doing dances around the house, <laughs> reciting whatever the, but it will be kind of this, it's like a, I'm going to cough, sorry. <coughs> it's like a, um, like a human way to connect to whatever it is I'm supposed to be working on at the time that doesn't have a language. It has more of a feeling. So it might right. be um, trust, for example. And then I'll be working on ways to do that, which might be um, if my partner, for example, says that he's going to do something and I'm not sure if he is, activate it there. Um, if I'm not 100% sure about if that's going to take its path from a work perspective, you know, will I get that email back? Trust whichever way I'm supposed to go. So I start to kind of have themes Mm. and then I try to use them in different parts of my life as a focus. Like I've always done this little, my own, I see life as my own course. I always have. Mm. So I, I, and I live like that very naturally. I've always lived like that because I'm fascinated by it. It's just there's so much to learn and and as I said before, it's all a bit magic mm. if you throw it up and play mm. with it. And so again, I'm sure I sound a bit cuckoo, but That's, it's yeah. how I kind of live. And so yeah, I think at the moment it is um, it's not thinking about tomorrow and it sounds kind of cliche and I don't really work on things like that broad. Usually it's a bit more specific, but I, on the same token, because I have felt over the past week or so not overly challenged or not having a need to uh, fix anything, I've tried to enjoy that. And so if you think about tomorrow, it's very easy to then make that feeling go away. So I'm just kind of in the moment. Mm. So <coughs> I feel like my cough's coming up because I'm feeling exposed because I shared that story about uh-huh. that voice coming through. Uh-huh. As soon as I shared it, I was like, oh, I started to like look around. Like I my, I had to bring myself back down. Really? Mm. Yeah. Is that because it, what, what do you think it is about it? It's just shy. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting nervous. You're not nervous about what people think. I don't really care, but it's private. Mm. It's mm. personal. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think it's very important to have these kind of keep things, per- areas like, personal and private <clears throat> some mm. things i i definitely have a tendency to overshare and share everything because <laughs> uh, i grew up in a, a christian sect so i felt like i could only actually open my life up to this small group of people and then so when i broke away from it at 24 um i overshared to everyone and anyone <laughs> and then i realized that not a lot of people actually were inquiring <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, I then dialed it back to um, what's relevant, I guess, and if there's inquiry. How have you found that with the show, with doing your own podcast now? How you know? How do you check in with yourself on that? Yeah, I think I think when it affects other people, that's when I question it. I think the stuff around the being born into that highly religious thing, mm. it I have a tendency to just share that because I think it's important to sh- share it and get it out of me. Um, but then we we're like, if I'm in a relationship with a woman, not sharing about our relationship is important mm. because, um, but, but previously I wouldn't, I would just do that. But then after some mistakes and realizing that what they want, it's not fair to, and I didn't, I chose, then I chose not to. Um, and I like that. I mm. like, I like keeping areas of my life private, and they feel more special, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's places for that, and there's, <clears throat> and maybe that it's always up for grabs as well, and up for being changed, depending on who's being affected. I think, and I think it depends on what you're learning at that time. Mm. I think for me, at any type of sharing, and this goes for anyone that has a podcast or a radio show or just an Instagram account. You know, we we all can share. We've all got access to share mm. so much. So. I think it's so important to check in with where you've found yourself on the healing process or the dealing process mm. first and foremost and and then you can think about sharing. I mm. think because if you're sharing before you've shared with yourself, then that's where I find we're finding the oversharing right. thing happening is that right. I think it's not a bad thing that we share and these platforms and this technology, there's good to that. But I think the thing we're missing is 
sharing and having curiosity and conversation with ourselves first about that. We want affirmation that we're going to be okay or we're, and that's okay mm. sometimes, but if you're finding yourself to jump to that point before you've inquired with you and had that, that sharing exchange mm. with yourself, mm. I think that's where, where, you know, that's where some of the cringing comes from or yeah. the, oh God, or why is everyone I, sharing? I'd say, I'd say it actually comes down to intent because I feel like there can be cases when you do it, you share like, almost childlike, mm. innocently, mm. overshare and quote unquote, Mm-mm. and it's actually adorable mm. because it's, it's a person just just wants to be open and wants to connect with people. And then there's times when, and this is why I think the core of it comes down to intention, where you overshare and it's, um, it's because you want validation or you want a sense of feeling comfortable or comfort or, I mean, that's, I'm speaking from my own experience. I know the difference when I share something, like I shared a, I shared a photo of myself crying once and I shared it because I just felt like, I I've done to, that too actually. I should share this aspect of myself that, is not really on this on this social media landscape at the moment and I feel like it's just a real thing to do um, I'm unresolved about it but it's just something I'm going through and this is why I'm crying and sometimes I feel sad it's true it's <laughs> and, true but then there's, there could be another time when I did that exact same thing but it'd be from an intention of I need I need comfort help me mm. hug me and um, you know, that's a, a shit way to describe it but you know what I'm saying like no, it, I do. and in those situations that the intention is um, I guess neediness or something else and it's less innocent and I think it's the innocence that is, is where the beauty is mm. and, I, and when I say check in with yourself I don't mean you and I agree with you I don't mean you have to resolve it I think we just are really quick to not want to talk to ourselves about anything that's a good point yeah I so like you that. need to talk to yourself to find the intention yes so even a step before that yes you know, like everyone doesn't, no one wants to talk to themselves, you know. Or talk to a close friend that you can mirror, get mirrored what you're going through. I find helps sometimes as well. Because sometimes when you talk to yourself in some states, of, some states of anxiety, it's very hard to see clarity. Yeah, true, true. But I think, yeah, and I think that's where I probably become, not preachy, but I, I find it important that if you are a person like that, that meditation or things for you to ease that is is important because sometimes a friend might be asleep yeah yeah you know literally (laughs) they might work night shift and then be asleep at 3 p.m and you're fucked (laughs) you've only got yourself so meditation is the only option (laughs) we're all doomed (laughs) <laughs> it's so true well I don't know anyone on night shift so no, I'm I, good <laughs> I know what you mean like inqu- self-inquiry <laughs> and self-awareness um, very very crucial and it can be at any you know it can be reflected in any way I just really I'm quite surprised that when I started to come out of my spiritual closet <laughs> that that it that so many people would just couldn't even look at themselves properly in the mirror mm. you know and it, and I, I think when I mm. thought about sharing some things to try and help people, you know, the impo- who are you and you haven't done all these courses, you've got to do go back to school and do therapy and I don't want to do therapy. I just want to share what I've learned. Um, and so I got through that, but I really realized very quickly that I would Sorry, be... It's, it's like, is there a better course than life itself? It's true. <laughs> and I believe that, but it's this other mind that, you know, or the judger. You, and sometimes you can even put them on specific people that follow yours. You know, there's a face to it. And they may be absolutely unaware that you're doing anything mm. or give a shit, not give a shit, but they've become the face of that voice. You know, it's mm. bizarre. Mm. And so anyway, once I worked through that, I realized that not only would I be sharing um, early stage stuff for me that I learned years ago, but really, really basic back to the beginner steps, which is when you brush your teeth, look in the mirror at your eyes, like look at yourself. It's just that's the beginning. Wait a minute, what's that? I've never heard of that. But, you, but like, don't you know, like, don't you feel like, even before you think about meditating or doing anything, so many people can't look at themselves right. to address that they're there. Mm. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Like really not sees. your thoughts, not your physical. You just 
looking at you because your eyes are the quickest way for you to get to that intuition that everyone's trying to get to. They live, it's, that's a kind of direct line. What a gift a mirror is. Oh, mirror work's so important. <laughs> I have a little awesome. mirror next to my meditation. Like, I think affirmations are completely, they like pack way more of a punch with the eye work, the mirror work. It's just this, I don't know, I just feel like, maybe it's also a real girl thing, like a real woman thing. Like, I feel like we look at ourselves for so long in the mirror doing makeup and hair, mm. and the, but we're not really looking. Mm. Not like you are when you're on acid staring in the mirror. <laughs> oh, I'm still thinking about acid. I just don't know if I, I felt like I was never going to do it and now I want to do it. And I, I'm thinking of more other, just different kinds of um, state of different, to take Mind me to different, yeah, yeah. I haven't quite experimented there and thinking mm. about starting a family, I kind of feel like I, I don't, I, I don't want to go down this traditional road of you need to do all this stuff before you have a baby and all that kind of stuff. But it has made me think about, do I, st- yeah, is there time for me? <laughs> <laughs> Can I afford to go to Rainbow Servant this year? Can I get a babysitter? <laughs> hey, mum, I want to go take some some hardcore drugs. It's cool. It's the good shit. Yeah, it's quality. Yeah. Have you, so you've done ayahuasca? Or no, I haven't. Yeah. No, and DMT. I was listening to your podcast with Ash Hart oh, yeah. about it, and I was yeah. I was just hanging off every word. Mm. Yeah, no, I haven't done. Um, What's the D one again? DMT. DMT, yeah. Dimethyltryptamine. It's the active ingredient in ayahuasca, but mm. you can smoke it and it, you, th- you get experience it for a short period of time. Yeah. Someone was saying to me it was a bit shorter and an easier kind of... So, I think... Well, it's not easy. It's <laughs> shorter yeah, kind of approach, yeah, yeah. but not easier, you say? No. I mean, it's probably easier than ayahuasca because it's not as long term, but I haven't done ayahuasca. But, oh, I've you haven't? I thought you had done it. No. And no interest? Uh, I'm not, I don't feel called to right now because I think it's something like you have to feel completely. Well, that's right. And that's why it's hilarious that I'm thinking about this with my um, fertility plans. Like it's, I completely agree with you. It's just one of those things. It's like, oh no, I'm not going to compare it to what I was going to compare. <laughs> what were you going to compare it to? <laughs> I was going to compare it to the fact that I'd never kissed a girl. <laughs> I was never called to do it authentically. Cool. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 <laughs> I need to pass you. <laughs> I mean, there was plenty of times at boutique where I got drunk and was like, oh, yeah, but I didn't. Yeah. But it was funny because I, even when I was younger and everyone was experimenting and it wasn't about whether you, you know, with bisexuality or and wasn't called bisexuality, I, I, I was always still so serious. Like I'd always had this kind of, it doesn't align with me, even at 21, 22. So I never had mm, that. Mm. But that's what I mean by called. Because that's, mm. that's how I feel. If I do anything, it's, I generally have lived like that for a long time mm. without knowing what the label was. Yes, yes. It's an awesome free way to do. And then, and then it's like, I know for sure I'm not gay because I've tried to be gay with people. <laughs> You know, like, like I feel like I know I'm not gay more than a straight guy that's never kissed a man knows they're not gay. I said to my husband before, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to get married, and I said, there's a few things that are on, like, I'm still unsure about. Like, I'm like, I've never, tr- I've never experienced that. Mm. Mm. And I do find that I'm quite an open-minded person. Mm. That doesn't mean sexually that's where I, you know, who I am. But I'm still like, I think the conversation's open in the world about this. Like, you know, you never know. Mm. So I'm just putting it out there. And he was like, cool. Like, it's just so random. I just, want to, I just want to be very clear on, yeah. all these, yeah. on all of these things that I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> because if we're going to do this piece of paper, I want, you to, I want to come in honestly. Yeah, yeah. So there was, that was it. And there was like one other thing of, I think the other thing I said was I don't want to, I don't want to get to a point where we're not our best selves for a really long time just because we signed a piece of paper. Mm. And then that was it. And then off we went to City Hall. <laughs> How fun. Mm. How mm. exciting. What a commitment. Yeah, fuck yeah. I resisted that. Did you? Yeah, that was like, it's interesting. Those kinds of conversations, yeah, I, I find them, like we were saying earlier, really private. So it is hard to hear them and I respect that now. I used to be a bit kind of everybody should share and you know and now I really especially after I miscarried I there's just some things you don't understand until you're in it and you can't say 
for someone to share. Not that I would ever mm. go up and say, share your story, but I, I often find it important for stories to be told that aren't because I think mm. it connects us. But like you were saying earlier, I've also grown up and realized at times things are sacred and and that's important to be aware of what is. Mm. So conversations around our marriage before and after are very sacred, but I do think a lot of people don't talk about how it's not necessarily all roses. You know, you are making a big commitment and if you've had a life and you didn't have the perfect parent example, there's resistance, man. Like, oh, I had it. Even getting a ring, I resist. I was like, it was, I had to work through some work, self-worth issues for sure. Wow. It was, I, we were out the front of the jeweler and I couldn't get out of the car. I just couldn't get out of the car to go see this ring that we designed. Just was like, I couldn't do it. And I, I, it was so bizarre. I didn't know why. And I had to really work through that. It was a beautiful piece of jewelry. And I just didn't understand why I needed it. I was like, I, I got Ben. I don't need anything else. Mm. And it was like, the jeweler was so great. She was like, it's just a celebration. It's just a symbol. It doesn't have to, you know... It doesn't have to mean much more than that. But I, I, I wasn't sure if it was because I didn't need it really or if I just couldn't give to myself, it's couldn't so receive. Mm. And you think it was that? That's what it was? Well, if I, didn't, I wasn't really marrying Ben for a ring. Like that was yeah. – and I didn't even – you know, I just was so wrapped that I found someone so, you know, aligned and spiritual and kind and, you know, all those things that I – you know, there's just – in a man is just so I was jackpot, you know. So those mm-hmm. things were the last thing I was worried about of how we committed or what that looked like. I just was really wrapped. But when I did meet him, I thought, oh, okay, I could seriously commit to you. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't felt that before. Mm-hmm. So when I wasn't sure if I'd get married, I knew when I met Ben that I was like, oh, this is what it feels like of people that want to do this because right. I met you, mm-hmm. not just thinking about it before I met someone. Mm. So interesting we think about commitment before we've met anyone mm. to commit mm. to. Yeah, it's just a total idea. Yeah, so when I met him, I was like, okay, oh, oh, I get that. So then I think with all of the other stuff around it, which is why we eloped, because I really didn't like a lot of the distraction of that core energy um, in a ceremony? Or in a yeah, wedding. that real... I just wanted it to be us to make sure that that energy was contained to our ceiling, like Beautiful. our kind of ceiling. So the ring was a part of it and it was just a nice part of it and and I just resisted. I think it really was that simple that I just found it quite overwhelming to receive mm. all of that at once. Mm. Mm. Um, and so you can very much wish for all the good and then when it comes... It's not always easy to take. So interesting. Because hey, I, I can see that why the notion of marriage is it can query it with the mind. Because like, I've gone through phases of like, I'm definitely going to marry. Then other phases like, oh, I didn't see the, didn't see the point. I'd rather have like 10-year anniversary parties to celebrate the love of how mm-hmm. far we've come each 10 years or something or other. But I, can, I also see the beauty in marriage and, and committing to someone and um, and like you say, I think that's the most important test for it is like, I feel like I want to commit to you that that's really, that's all that really matters. So if, well, then you'll be called, like I was saying, yeah. oh, I'm kind of called to everything. Exactly. You're called there mm. because it's based on a feeling, yes. not a thought Yes, exactly. or a plan or a strategy, you know, and and it's com- entirely dependent on a specific other individual. You don't come up with that feeling in isolation. I, I'm, I'm going to, I feel right about marrying someone when I haven't even got someone I want to <laughs> exactly. marry. It's like it's so funny. absurd. It's so hilarious. And you grow up thinking I'm going to be a bride and all this stuff. And you're like, you haven't met anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't happen. It's really the courage <laughs> for the horse or what's the thing? It's bizarre. And it's like, what about if you meet the absolute, and this might happen, like there's no, no judgment if that is something that you really want. Or maybe there is a bit of judgment. I don't know. <laughs> But it's like I feel a little bit. Yeah, there is where you go. Imagine you find the perfect motherfucker, like the most perfect person for you, and they don't want to get married, and you're like, see ya. Mm-mm. Mm. <coughs> totally. Isn't that insane? It is. And what I also find crazy <coughs> is how it changes. Like, you know, 
I'm not going to be specific, but sometimes with someone you don't feel like you want to marry them and then later you feel like you want to marry them and th- because of things change or vice versa. Like I used, <laughs> I've had both <laughs> situations where I've been with someone that I did, I've instantly wanted to marry and then later realized I absolutely don't want to marry. <laughs> and then I've been with someone that I was like, I, I can't see us spending our life together and now I can absolutely, everything makes sense <coughs> to spend my life with you. I feel like when I thought that, I get that and I think, but when you were with that person that you thought you wanted to marry and then you certainly didn't, mm. did you think after when you didn't want to marry that person that actually you were more interested in the idea of marriage? Um, yes, I think it was a bit of an insecure thing. It was more of like, oh, I found someone. This is this is what I do next. Mm. And um, I can see that fantasy that I had as a kid. <clears throat> playing out with this person because um marriage having kids is the thing that's been recycling in my head since i was a teenager just because i grew up in a christian household Mm -hmm. and that and also a lot of people just grew up with that idea Mm. and um and then so i yeah so i probably it was probably quite attached to that dysfunctional idea and then the second time it was it just makes sense It, it kind of like all the characteristics of that person align so beautifully against my characteristics and and it just felt more natural yeah right it's so interesting at the reasons that we do what we do Mm. so with your with the podcast yeah is there we've spoken so much about um not having plans Mm. is there a plan even though we're like sitting here going we're in surrender but I guess you can dream right or you have vision oh with my podcast I've never or with the next direction maybe it's more of a because it's the podcast and then the website and the meditation stuff I suppose is there are they all separate or is that are they a part of some form of vision for you my podcast is just something i enjoy doing so i don't do it for money i just do it as an excuse to have quality conversations Mm. with people that's it and connect with people on on multi-layers and explore the depths of realities and people in a fun playful way that's my only intention of it and i don't really have any life goal trajectory of it um but with my company which i just started this year called soma unlimited that's kind of designed to make um to work with people to make education programs and to make media that is fun but also insightful and so that's really that's my main trajectory is wake up the broadest amount of people in the shortest amount of time using the the social media landscape which is where everyone's face is Mm. plummeted and then if i can drop insightful shit that will help them in a fun radical way Great, I'm winning. That's that's really. All How I do care you about. go with the idea of business around something that is kind of quite sacred or spiritual? Like, how do you merge that? Because I've found that a bit of a not a rocky road, but it's I've got to uh, navigate it. Yeah, it's a different kind of navigation that I haven't experienced before. Because mm. I was saying before, I'd hidden this part of myself for so long. I think it's finding the niches, finding the audiences of people that. I mean, like, there's a thousand ways you could answer that question. For me specifically, it's it's finding people who who have an audience that is that is interested in you know more expanded states of thinking or open-minded or whatever you want to call it, and then working with people like that to produce better work with them. Mm. That's mainly. What, what's your thoughts on it? Just with earning money, yeah. you know, and and fi- and just, I guess finding comfort in that because I find some of this stuff is just so life's work like we all have access to it or those kinds of things it's like charging but I think I've landed on it now Mm. where it's just a a feeling based decision each as each decision arises not some big you know company mantra that I then have to live by for the next three years it's just bit by bit it's just me now Mm -hmm. you know so I can do that it's just me and I can make those decisions and make sure that they take the time to check in with my body and make them bit by bit which is just it can be my own business model which Mm. is a spiritual one Um, and if it feels good 
then tick and be honest about that. Just as long as I can do that, then that's the best I can do. Mm. Beautiful, Stace. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And thanks, it's, I can't, it's thanks fun for inviting me. Yeah, I yeah. know. And I feel like it was just a nice timing of when I saw your show. I was like, oh, this is divine and exciting. And I found it really inspiring. Mm. So timing-wise, it feels like we're little brother and sister with this little adventure we got to know each other a little bit better yeah and thank you for the vulnerability and the openness and you're blatantly glowing with total radiance so keep shining yeah you too <laughs> thank you that's love